Today I want to talk to you, if you open up your Bible to John chapter 3, please. Just a moment, we're going to receive the offering, okay? But I want to I just hold for just one moment. John chapter 3, verse number 3. In a moment, we're going to receive the offering. And I was going to have Pastor Jim do this, but I just want to do this a little bit out of order here, if we could. It says this, it says, verse number 3, it's a very familiar passage. I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Everything that we do in life, Everything that we do in our relationship, the Bible says that we should do it in faith and as unto the Lord. But you can't do that unless we are transformed, unless there's a change that is happen happening within us. When you come and, and you give in this offering and in this, this tithes and you understand something, you understand that you're not giving from the perspective. Hopefully it's most effective for you when you're giving from the perspective that you have been born again. There's a transformation that's happening within you. In a few moments, I'm going to talk about living in the supernatural, saved for the supernatural. But there's a supernatural effect that God wants to do even in and through your giving today. I want you to understand it. I don't want you to just kind of go ahead and just, just give, you know, carelessly and just and, and without thought or, or whatever. But you would say, you know what? I'm giving because I have been transformed. I have been born again. I want you to give from that motive today. Can you do that today? Can you do that today? Amen. Amen. Ushers, I want you to come. We're going to go ahead and, and pray, and then we're going to see some video announcements. Lord, I give you praise. I give you thanks for working and doing things in our lives that allow for us to be able to make a difference. And God, as we receive this offering from your people, from your, the congregation that you've given to us, from the church, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to see how you're using us in our born-again state to make a difference in other people's lives. God, we give because, first of all, it's yours. But secondly, Lord, because we see how you want to cause for our efforts to be multiplied. And we give because we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Central Assembly. If this is the first time that you've been with us, just take the connection card from the seat pocket in front of you. Take just a second, fill it out, and you can take it to the information center in the lobby just after service. We have a gift waiting for you there, and we'd love to just say hi. If you've been coming for a while and you want to find out more about who we are or why we do what we do, come to Growth Track. It's a quick class, just an hour long at 845 on Sunday mornings before service. We've been working on an awesome outreach opportunity to spread God's word and encouragement throughout our county. So today we're going to pray over all of those rocks before we send them out on Wednesday. Meet us here at the church at 6.30 at night on Wednesday to help distribute those rocks throughout Muskegon County. <laughs> well, Project 714 is just around the corner. We're so excited for this outreach opportunity and if you have signed up on their website, we have an orientation on July 10th from 7 to 8 right here in the sanctuary. If you don't really know what 714 is, here's some more details. Check out this video. 
right. Who did I say that's for? Who could participate in Project 714? Everybody. Say, look at your name and say, everybody. everybody. You know, uh, you might not be able to walk far. We're not asking you to do that. We're actually asking you to come and to bring a chair. Maybe to sit and help us to observe or to supervise at a game. We're asking you to be part of the crowd that will be there to talk with people, to share the hope and the love of Jesus Christ. If you can't walk around from place to place, there's all kinds of things. We need people to help to serve food. There's, there's all kinds of things. You can go to the website, the Project 714. That's Project 7-14. You could sign up and be one of the volunteers there. You can call the office, and, and uh, we're, we're running. Uh, the games are all taken care of, but we need some help with some food and, and some other yard games type things. Uh, when I say the games, the blow-up games are done, but we're, we're going to have some, uh, uh, some picnic-type games that are going to be there, some backyard-type stuff with some cornhole and some, some ladder ball tosses and all those types of things. So, and, and water, water wars. We're going to have some water stuff going on. Yeah, <laughs> If you don't want to get wet, all right, we'll, we'll put you someplace dry if you want to. But it's going to be a great day, and we want you just to join with us in that, all right? So as I said before, turn in your Bible to John chapter 3. We're going to revisit this, this area again. You know, as our, our graduates were walking down here, and as I was thinking about this particular day, you think about what it is that they are about to jump into, this life, this, this great unknown. They're looking for direction. They're looking for, God, what's next? And the best counsel that I can give them is they need to answer the question before what's next is, who are you and what were you created for? If you can understand who you are and what you were created for, I believe it helps you to identify a whole lot simpler what it is that you're going to do. There's a lot, lot of people today who don't know who they are and what they're created for. Sometimes directions become a little bit confusing. Anybody ever received some directions from somebody and was more lost and confused after you received the directions than you did before you started? Yeah, that happens from time to time, all right? We even try to communicate through appropriate signs, all right? And we put things up so people can understand it. But even in interpreting signs, even though we speak the same English language, sometimes it means something different to somebody than, than somebody else. H how about locally? Does, does anyone know what that, when I just approached it again for the last couple of days, I've been over on Seaway, and the, those streets when you're coming from the east going to the west on uh, Sherman and, and, and I think Summit and such like that, it says no turns, now, does that no turns actually mean no, no right turn? Or is that no left turn when it's there? Because you see sometimes where it says left turn. Does anyone know what that means? Because I'm making a turn, a right turn, because I just thought you could do that there. But if it means no turns, I'm not understanding that, all right? I want it to be a little bit clear. Now, up here in the corner, up Apple, right, when you go up there, it says no left turn, right? How many of you seen people go make those left turns? How many of you made that left turn? No, I'm just kidding. Do, don't, do not. Different people receive and read messages and even signs, and it means a little bit something to different individuals. For instance, there was a sign that said this, all right? Fishing for children only. Limit three. Now, some people absolutely understand what that means, all right? That's, they're trying to get directions about what... Fishing, now, they're not fishing for children, and there's not a limit of three of them, all right? But there's an area, okay, where children can fish. Only, only the children can fish, and they can only catch three, just in case you didn't get that, all right? But here's, here's another one. A bottomless pit. 
65 feet deep. Now, how many of you know that's not bottomless if we can measure it? How about this? There's a sign on a balcony, and it says this. Now, it's on a balcony. Please be aware that the balcony is not on ground level. Now, why do we need to say that? Because not everybody understands everything the same way, right? How about this one? A sign that says, caution, blind drivers backing out. Yeah, that, that, that gets a little confusing, doesn't it? How about this one? Antique tables made daily. What? What's the idea of an antique if you can make it right? Oh, my goodness. You see, I believe God wants to give us a fresh revelation of who he is uh, as far as us in the church and, and who the church is in him. For the graduates, our two, for Emily and Madison, they're here today. I want you to understand, God's got directions, and they're a whole lot clearer than the world in which you live, all right, and He's got them in his word, and there's different people who want to interpret and see it through different lenses, but, but there is a way, all right? He says he is the way, the truth, and the life, amen? There's only one way. But when you follow that one way, I believe it takes you to a place here. Go ahead and put that first slide up there, where, which gives us our reason for being that you are saved for the supernatural. How many of you know that, that there's, we live in a natural world, right? But God has created us to have a supernatural experience. He's created us so that we would be able to measure, see what kind of, what, what kind of voltage is going through us. How many of you want to be supercharged? I hope you do, all right? Somebody say, I mean, you ask people a number of times over and over again, say, well, how are you feeling today? And often people will say what? Tell me if, you th if you've heard it before. How are you feeling today? Good, tired, worn out, you know, just kind of like, yeah. just, just life happening. I, I, do you meet many people that you, you meet and you say, how are you doing today? And they say, supercharged, supernatural. No, we just, people are just kind of going through life. Well, I want to tell you something. Your salvation experience was so that you can move out of the natural and step into the world of the supernatural. Look at your neighbor and say supernatural. I want to experience the supernatural. Many people in the world today are looking for the supernatural. They're, they're in awe of it, okay? And they're looking for things outside of the word of God, outside of the church. And, and, and they want to, to experience and have reasons and explanations for things that they can't understand. And there's all kinds of reasons why that stuff happens. But I want to talk to you about the supernatural living that God has called you to live. In John chapter 3, verse 1, we start there. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees, I'm going to let you scroll through those things. Good, thank you. And named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. No one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. And in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Now, how can a man be born again when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. 
The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Say supernatural again. The things of the spirit are supernatural. God wants you to be born again, and it cannot be a natural experience only. He wants the natural experience to lead to a supernatural experience. And for too many days and years and such, we find the church just accepting the natural, not understanding we're supposed to be flying at a whole nother level. Something that cannot be explained in the natural. Like, wow, really? I want to ask you a question today. Are you hungry for a reality of the kingdom of God to invade earth? Are you ready for something to shake us up so much so that we have to look back and say, only but God. God had to do this. God had to work this way. You see, I, um, I've asked often, I can remember from my earliest days of being a young person who was, who was really on fire for the Lord, saying, God, I hunger for everything you have for me. Just give it to me. And then we would go and we'd experience some of the things that was happening in the church. It was just like everything just felt so normal, so natural. Now, get me. I, I, I understand that we don't want to appear all, you know, wacky and weirded out in the sense of not being able to relate with the world. But there ought to be a level of living that we're experiencing that is outside of the realm of natural. Because you've had a supernatural experience. Being born again is something that's not natural. To enter into your mother's womb, we, he know, we know he's not speaking of that, but he's saying there is going to be a change that happens within you where you are born again. You thought of things in the natural, but I want you to experience them in the supernatural. When we receive Christ, we receive a new identity, and we are no longer sinners but saints. We stepped out of darkness and into light. How I many of you know that where their light is, there can be no darkness? I believe God wants to give us a fresh revelation of who he is. And I want you to consider these three particular thoughts as we ponder what it means to be saved for the supernatural. The first thing is this. The normal Christian life is to live a life in the supernatural. Uh, Say say normal with me. Yeah, I've been talking about it already for a few moments, but I want you to get this. It is normal for you want to, to live in the supernatural if you're a Christian. It's not normal to be natural. It's not normal to expect just natural things to happen. You have have deposited within you the greatest force known to mankind. He is the Holy Spirit. He was there in the creation process from the very beginning of all time. God breathed, right? He breathed across the formless earth and there was things that was formed and made. He breathed breath into the dirt bag. You ever think about that? We're just an earthen vessel. We're just a dirt bag, but we're made special because of the Holy Spirit that's put in us. God's not looking for a vessel of gold or silver. He's simply looking for willing vessels, young vessels, old vessels. It doesn't matter why, but he's, he's wanting there to be a miraculous transformation that takes place. That's, that happens, yes, in the flesh, but has to happen in the spirit as well. He looks at our heart. He's looking to get, see, is there people who are having revelations of, of what it means to be a son and a daughter of Christ? See, in 1 Peter chapter 2, it's there on the screen there before you, but verse number 2, it says, Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. In other words, you, you have to read these, right? You know, the punctuation is really important. Like newborn babies, 
just like them. It's okay to become like them. Crave pure spiritual wine so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And as you come to him, look at this, the living stone. How many of you know that that's not natural? When have you seen a, a living stone before? You haven't seen one, right? But he says this, that the living stone that's been rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, look at your neighbor and say, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. May I suggest to you that you can't do this and be normal. You're like, What? I see normal people trying to offer sacrifices all the time. That's exactly what I'm talking about. He's saying that unless you step into the supernatural, unless you step into the spirit realm, unless you understand what it means to be a worshiper of him in spirit and truth, you're just doing it naturally, but it's not getting anywhere. If there's a lid that's on in your experience, there's a lid on that's happening in your spiritual growth. And he says, listen, you, you, you have come to him, the living stone, and you have been made into living stones yourself. And like him, you are being built into a spiritual house. A spiritual house to be a holy people. We can go on and we can see there, and I'm just going to summarize the next few verses there. I uh, don't have it up on the screen for you, but it says that, that this was a stone that was laid in Zion, a chosen, a precious cornerstone. And, and it says that and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. He goes on and says that this, this is the same stone, this living stone that the builders rejected, but now has become the capstone. It's become the special stone. It's become the identifying stone. This living supernatural event, okay, of, of Jesus Christ. And then guess what? You, because you're living through Jesus Christ. It's become the capstone. It's become the thing that gets the attention of everybody else. There's individuals who are stumbling around, and they've disobeyed the message, but not for, so for you. So verse number nine, there it's on the screen. It says this, but you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you, what? Look at this. May declare the praises of him, right? Who called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light. That's our job. That's our direction. That's not natural. You say, well, anybody can do that. No, nobody, not anybody can, unless you've had the supernatural encounter with God, unless you've been born both of the flesh and of the spirit, you cannot praise God. You can't praise God the way in which he deserves to be praised. Oh, you could talk about the greatness of God. You can look at other people's lives and see some of the things that they testify that has been done, but not until you experience yourself can you say, Praise be to God Almighty. He has set me free. He's taken me out of the miry clay. He's put my feet upon a firm foundation, a rock to say amen. You can be able to say that if he is for me, who is against me? You are a chosen people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're chosen. I want you to help me to preach this today, all right? I want you to understand that you are a royal priesthood. You have been given the assignment to be representative, right? To help people. What, what did the priests do? The priests were communicators, and they, they helped other people be able to communicate with God. And, and this priesthood is, has the assignment to help other people to come into relationship with God. But rather than keeping people far back, you're helping them to come in on a personal level. You belong to God. He says, once you weren't a people, but now you are a people. 
Bill Johnson of Bethel Church said this. He says, we cannot just lock up the presence, glory, and gifts of God in worship services and hope that the people come in. We cannot just lock up the presence, glory, and gifts of God in worship services and hope that people come in. I want to have an encounter with a supernatural, almighty, powerful God every single time that we gather here. But if my mind shuts off and if my, my thought process, if my interaction process stops when I walk out those, do- those doors, then I have missed the point. Because I have been called, right, to be one who declares the praises of him who's called me out of darkness. I am the one who has received mercy, and now I need to show mercy to other people. I want to read this passage to you in its entirety from the message version. It says this, welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workmen took one look, and they threw it out. God set it in the place of honor. Presents yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary that's vibrant with life, in which you'll serve as holy priests, offering Christ-approved lives up to God. The scriptures provide the precedent. Look, I am setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone in the place of honor, and whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. To you who trust in him, he's a stone to be proud of. But to those who refuse to trust in him, the stone that the workmen threw out is now the chief foundation stone. For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over, a boulder blocking the way. They trip and fall because they refuse to obey just as predicted. And in verse 9, but you are the chosen ones by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, How many of you looked at your lives and you said, listen, I do not feel holy. Can you identify with that? I don't feel holy. You're not in the natural. But in the supernatural, you're saved for the supernatural. God has declared you holy. You have been born again. You have not entered into your mother's womb again, but you have been born again into a supernatural realm. So that what you can do so that you can tell others of the night and day difference that he made in you and for you. You went from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted, from natural to supernatural. I love it. I want us to experience this, 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 this place of where supernatural, where signs and wonders will become normal. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be awesome? Amen. But you know who the signs and wonders uh, w- when they start to happen? When the place gets filled with a bunch of what? Believers. Believers. Is there any believers in the house today? Is there any believers in the house today who will say, say, you know what? I believe in God Almighty. I I am sure of who he is. I'm becoming more and more sure of who I am. And I'm becoming more and more sure of what I have been called to do. I've been called to make a difference. I've been called to be someone who declares the praises and the wonders of Almighty God. Some have thought they've had to have a special gift in order to be used in the, in, in the area of healing. And I don't want I, I want to just clear some things up. There is a gift called the gift of healing, gift of miracles, gift of faith, which means there's this added endowment of, 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 of power. OK. That starts to happen for those individuals. 
it's a it's a place of that, that God himself deposits it was what it says there in Corinthians. He says, listen, this gift has been given to each one as the spirit determines so that it will be building up the body. But it's not to take away from what he tells us to do and what he told his disciples to do pre resurrection. Right. Go out, lay hands on the sick. Go out and proclaim God's day, right? Go out and tell people. And, and, oh, they were frustrated because they couldn't do everything that he was able to do. But, you know, it doesn't say they did, they did nothing. As they continued to grow in the faith, they accomplished great things. And after his resurrection, after he was ascended and went to heaven, they were accomplishing all kinds of signs and wonders because they continued to believe. Do we cease to believe? See, Mark chapter 16 Verse 15. It's, it's so important that you realize here. It says this. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. What will they do? These signs will follow those. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Is that only the people with the gift of healing? Is that only the people with the gift of faith or the gift of miracles? No. He said it to them, all of them. He says, go, go, go into the world. Listen, how many of you want to be a living stone? You want to be a, a spiritual priest house. You want to, you know, we've got these stones up here. And on these stones, you might say, well, Pastor, what, what is this really all about? I mean, is the presence of God going to be in a stone? I, I think it's a sign. It says he, here, he is my rock. Psalm 62, 6. These stones themselves are. They're not living organisms, right? But something happens when the message of the stone gets out there. It moves from just being a natural stone to having a supernatural message, right? And all of a sudden, something that was not once perceived, something that was once not discovered, someone reads that. They're like, I needed to see that, that he is my rock. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm going to go look that up. And all of a sudden, someone who does something in the natural moves into the supernatural, and they start to see that God Almighty is there for them. They, they pick up another rock and says, pray without ceasing, Thessalonians 5.17. Where's Thessalonians there? How many of you know that some people need to know that, you know what, I don't have to be in church in order to pray? Someone's going to see this rock. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to pray. Not so much about the presence of God being a rock, all right? But we're going to pray that the message that's on these rocks that have been painted here and, and the congregation has been part of, we had a, a, a rock painting party, all right? And we're going to pray that we're going to go and disperse these, distribute these on, on Wednesday out into the area, in the Muskegon area. These, these rocks are not for you to take today. I already say not to take. <laughs> we're going to go place these rocks in, in special God-ordained divine areas, and we're going to pray that as people see these rocks, they're going to pick them up and turn them over, and, and, and on the back of this one just says, Jesus loves you. You know, and someone needs to hear that today. 
simple messages, simple what would appear to be natural messages, all of a sudden become something that becomes supernatural because we believe that this word will change people's lives. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You think there's anybody out there that needs to hear that message? Somebody who's in the natural is experiencing being stuck can now experience life. I want you to stretch your hands towards these rocks. We're going to pray for this encounter, this experience. I want you to think beyond the rocks. I want you to say, uh, God, with me right now, we pray in Jesus' name that what we do on Wednesday night when we distribute these rocks to these various places, over 150 some rocks, 150 seeds that will be planted on the ground, literally. And, and Lord, it's going to grow up because it's, it's not going to be choked out. But instead, Lord, people are going to see it. Some are going to pick that rock up and take it. They're going to wonder whether or not they're stealing it or not. But we want them to have it. We want them, God, to have a supernatural experience. So we pray in Jesus' name that there will be a supernatural breakthrough that will take place and that the kingdom of God will be expanded because we get this message out. We get it out this way right now, but we're also going to get it out on Project 714 and a National Night Out and the Unity Festival Well, and in City Fest, Lord, over and over again. We're going to get this message out. We're going to be the light in the midst of the darkness and people are going to come to know you people's lives will move from the natural to the supernatural that's our prayer let everybody say amen i cannot wait and i say wait i mean i've been hearing some of it but but when when it becomes more and more common for people to be testifying I was out and about, and I began to pray for so-and-so, and then all of a sudden, they were healed. You see, some people have a mindset that in order to experience this, uh, uh, you know, something powerful in God, and in order to be used, they need to be just so full of the word and the sense of so knowledgeable that they can answer any question that anybody would ever throw at them. You know, that's, that, that's not a requirement for you to go out and be a representative of him. The Bible actually shows us on different occasions where the spirit of God put within their mouth words to be able to say. People want to experience a breakthrough, but most are experiencing breakdown. This last week, a week ago, I talked to you about the, that we went to this School of Power and Love Conference for a couple days, and part of the thing that was stressed over and over again is that <laughs> the normal Christian life, all right, the normal Christian life is where lots of people are living, but he wants us to live at the supernatural place. So the second thought that I have for you today is this, is that, and it was there is that we was in service, it was just given to me, and I, I believe we, we have some scripture for support for that. We'll get to that in just a minute. But in order to experience the supernatural, we're going to be stretched in the natural. First of all, it's normal. I think it's, it, it should be a normal experience for us to be living in the supernatural. But in order to experience the supernatural, you are going to be stretched in the natural. What am I saying? I'm saying that there are some things in the natural that you've looked at and thought to be foolish. You thought to be meaningless. 
I'm saying that sometimes you've gathered for your worship service with all of us here together, and, and you know, we worship in our own way, and, and that, that's fine. I'm, I'm not trying to make everybody like me, but I, I am saying this, that if you are an individual that's never raised your hands, I want to tell you that in Scripture it says, raise your hands. And if you have a hard time doing that, I'm not saying you're unsaved. I'm not saying you're less spiritual. I'm just saying to you, you may experience a breakthrough if you just raise your hand. You may experience a breakthrough if you begin to clap your hands, all ye people. Amen. You may be experiencing, uh, able to experience a breakthrough when you begin to shout because he says, listen, if you won't praise me, guess what? I'm going to cause for the rocks to cry out. Ain't no rock going to take my place, right? You see, you, you may, in the natural, you may have a tough time, and you may have to get out of the place where you are in the natural and move someplace in the supernatural. If you want to experience the supernatural, you may have to get a little hop in your step every once in a while. Amen? Someone may say, well, I had a hop in my step this last week, and I didn't feel like it this week, and I didn't do it, so am I not a spiritual? Listen, you're going to know, all right? You're going to know when you're at a crossroads in your spiritual walk when you need to take things to the next level. But you know what? You need to be obedient and do it. You need to step out of the natural and into the supernatural, and you need to listen to what the Spirit is saying to you. And once in a while, your pastor, your other church leaders might have a good word for you, and you might be able to just say, you know what? I'm not feeling it, but I'm just going to do it because they suggested to do it. Amen? Oh, that was really weak. I might just do it because they suggest to do it. Amen? Amen. It was said by, also this is Bill Johnson. I came up with these couple things. I was looking at some of his quotes and just kind of standing out to me this week. And it says this. He says, the Holy Spirit is imprisoned in unbelieving believers. That made me bite my lip. The Holy Spirit is imprisoned in unbelieving believers. Now, that's not a little bit of confusion as far as a, you know, a, a statement. But get your mind around it. God Almighty has saw you and seen you here upon the face of the earth. He has placed you where you're at in your circle of influence. He has put his Holy Spirit in you if you have claimed to be his. And he has not done it without purpose, but he's done it with a plan. He's done it with a strategy. And he says, I want you to be a, someone who reproduces. I want you to be someone who, who declares my praises and causes for a supernatural experience to happen to other people. But will you believe that it happens through the foolishness of the preaching of the cross or through the praises that you could offer or through the testimonies or through you stepping outside of your natural realm and into the supernatural. I remember from a young person, Philippians 3.10, one of my favorite verses, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I thought for a moment, boy, if I could experience that resurrecting power, then certainly there's nothing that I cannot do. Amen. Then there's that part of the verse that says, oh, yeah, and so somehow I might share with him in his sufferings. <laughs> I know I'm summarizing, but you know what? I want to step out of the natural into the supernatural. I can remember quoting Mark 16, the verse that we've already read in John 14, 12, where Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to the Father, and because I'm doing that, Greater things will you do. Greater things 
What are the greater things? I mean, everybody has a, a something in their mind about what they would like to do. I mean, Jesus opened the eyes of the blind, right? He healed the lame. He caused for the deaf to be able to hear. He cast out demons. He raised up the dead. When's the last time you heard of any of you casting out uh, demons or laying hands on the dead and raising them back to life? When's the last time? Haven't heard about it. Are we supposed to feel bad about that? I don't think God wants us to feel bad about anything. I think God's a motivating, life-giving God who's just saying, you know what, people? How about you start to understand? You about get on board right now. How about you move from the natural to the supernatural? He's been patient with us for all these years. All of, histor- of the mankind and history that we find, we see where he's been working with man over and over again. But you know what? Something happens. Something happens when you begin to expect power to flow through you. You begin to experience things at a higher level. L- listen, signs and wonders are not for entertainment. But they are led to lead us into a deeper revelation, a deeper discovery of Christ himself. They are not for self-consumption or gratification. They are not for something to put upon our spiritual testimony list with regards to look what God has done through us. But they're so that people will stand in awe. A sign is something that can be proven. It can be tested. Say, there's no way that this could be done unless God did it through a natural being who became a supernatural force. Project 714 is the vision that we have. We said it before, come one, come all. We're expecting that if you uh, uh, will will step out of your comfort zone, if you will give God enough room to move in and through you, that he can provide for you some divine encounters, some divine experiences. Listen, I I know that not everybody's a risk taker like me, all right? But I want to tell you something. Here's another quote. It says this, if you live cautiously, your friends will call you wise. You just won't move any mountains. Look at the wisdom. They've counted the cost. They've considered whether or not they could build the tower. And they found out that, you know what, it would take two, it would take a supernatural move of God to make that happen. And so guess what? They didn't know if they could, that would take place. And so they didn't do it. I believe God wants to work in a supernatural way through us. When someone gets physically healed or of a sickness or disease, that'll be a sign that'll point somebody else to the Lord. Sometimes we're afraid because we're going to put God on display. How many of you have, have prayed for something before and what you prayed for didn't happen right away? It, 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 okay. I, I would like to see that with everybody's hand that would go up. I mean, you, you're, you're just super good or something, all right? <laughs> or it means we're not praying enough. Because I prayed a number of prayers, and what I prayed for did not happen right away, and some of the things still haven't happened. And some would say, well, and that's what affects me. That's what stops me, because I don't want to be out there broadcasting that God is going to do this, and that he's not going to do it, and you know what? It's, it's just going to make me look foolish. We'll say that over and over again, right? Who? Look foolish? Me? <laughs> Concerned about us? Or, it, or we say we might even be genuine and say make, make, might make God look foolish or make him like he's, he's not even, even concerned about these things. I believe God wants us to stay hungry. I believe he wants to live our lives based upon the word of God, not about our experiences. The third thing I want you to zero in on today is this. What you feed on will feed others around you. 
what you feed on will feed others around you. Intimacy is found in the very the, the footings of Christianity. So there's a, he was a capstone, but he was also the cornerstone. He was the, 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 the very cornerstone of what about, about that which the builders built the rest of the house on. The supernatural lifestyle should be an outflow of the inner commitment and relationship that you have with God. We find in John, he says, you remain in me and me in you, and there is nothing that's impossible. But apart from me, you know what you can expect? Natural. I want to experience a supernatural. So I have to feed on some other things. I got to get around some people who have some experience. I got to get around some people who are walking it out, who are living it out, who are inspirational to me. You, there are so many avenues of input that you can have throughout the week that you, we ought to be so full. We ought to be walking at a at an ultra supernatural level. You know what I'm saying? There are people out there that's getting it done, and, and you know what? To, and, and it ought to provide encouragement for you. But what we're hoping is that on, on Project 714, that when we go out and we do the simple things that are found in the Word of God, if my people will humble themselves and pray. Not just pray for ourselves. He says, seek, your, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways, certainly. But he wants to heal the land. How about praying for others? Well, I don't know. They may not receive me. I mean, that sounds pretty natural. Well, how many of you do it in the natural? <laughs> Not a whole lot of people. You see, it takes a supernatural person, a person who, who will really believe God is going to work through them and operate through them, and that's what the school of power and love was all about. Listen, it, you know, it, it, people believe that if we will love people, that the power of God will be made manifest through us. And that's what we want to do. We want to cause for people to experience something. Listen, when I went skydiving a couple years ago, I'd never been skydiving before. I didn't know a thing about that shoot. I mean, I'd seen, I'd seen, you know, YouTube things. I'd seen some, some about pulling some, some, something like that. You know, what do they call that? The rip cord. There we go. And I think a rip. I'm like, I don't want anything ripping. <laughs> I want everything to stay together, right? Pull this rip cord. And I seen on the on the cartoons and the commercials, they pull the rip cord and the thing came right out. You've seen some, some not so great things, you know, but but there was a little bit of assurance that I had that I was attached to somebody else who's done that before. He said, I, I, I've taken, a, I don't know my, how many hundreds of jumps he's taken, and, and, he's, and he's done it, he actually told me about five times before with other tandems, so I, wasn't, I was actually there in the very beginning of his tandem stuff. But anyway, I, I, I had confidence that he knew what he was doing, and I didn't. And I was attached to him tight. I mean, we were just strapped together. We got in that plane, and I remember Rob Pale, he was all curled up in there, in that, that, like a, you know, like, I don't know, like a, a nut and a walnut, you know what I'm saying? He was just, he was there. And, and we got out to the edge of the plane, and I, I rolled out of that thing, and, and, and this guy was right on my back. I mean, we were like one. But because we were like one and because he had accomplished it before and he was successful in it, it made me believe that, guess what? I can do this. It takes, it takes a belief in, right, a number of different things in order to jump out of a plane at 5,000 feet and hope that that's all going to just work out for you. You know what I'm saying? You're saying, that's crazy. He is just downright crazy. But it's because I believed. 
You see, he taught his disciples to do something. He said, I want you to pray. I want you to pray on earth that the things that are done on earth will be done like they're done in heaven. Tracy, I want you to come if you would, please. I want you to pray, he says. And I want you to expect that as you pray and as you hang around people who pray, that you can see God do something that moves you from the natural into the supernatural. Now, I'm not wanting you to pray as far as just in a, a high hope, a Hail Mary. I'm not wanting you to just, just to do any of that. He says, I want you instead to pray believing. Because he says, if you pray and doubt, nothing's going to happen. But if you pray and believe, the supernatural begins to happen. Something that couldn't happen without God's influence, something that couldn't happen without God's impact, without his direction, begins to happen when you begin to pray and believe. So you're here today. We've reserved our prayer time for the end of this service. I want our prayer teams to come right now, if you would, please, those that are here to pray. song we're going to sing as we have ministry that takes place at the, this altar here at this time it says this it says as we pray the darkness turns to light as we pray the will of God and man align I want to tell you something there's nothing about natural about God Everything is supernatural. I'm not saying he's odd. I'm not saying he's weird. I'm telling you that anything I can think about the naturality of God is always at superdose. It's maxed out. Do you know what I'm saying? He is a supernatural God with supernatural desires, and he wants to move in our midst. He wants to do things. But guess what? He wants us to understand that when we pray the will of God and man align with one voice, in the spirit of unity, the song says, we lift our hands and say, we only trust in Jesus' name. Lord of mercy, hear this prayer we raise. Let heaven's gates be open. Let the words of life be spoken. Not ours, but yours will be done. I mean, uh, th th this song just ministered to me so much about how it is that we can move from being in the natural to going into the supernatural. And I think that there's some of you who identify with me, who's saying, I want more. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want him to flow through me, not in just natural ways, but in supernatural ways. I just don't want to relate with people on a mental ascent. I don't want to convince anybody of anything. Because if I do it in just a natural way, they can be naturally talked out of it. But when they have an experience with God, where his spirit bears witness with their spirit, all of a sudden something happens and it's undeniable. People could tell you something different. They can try to argue against it, but they can't argue against the experience and an encounter with an all-loving, awesome God. Amen? So there's two things. There's reasons you can come up here. You may have a need. You can come on up here. But your need may be this, that you want the power of God to flow through you. You want the power of God to flow through you as you get ready to be used for him. Not just in these events, but as you're walking out your lifestyle Christianity on a daily basis and you find yourself saying, 
I need you, God, to show up. I need for, I'm a, I'm a believer, right? And your word says it's signs and wonders that follow after me. How can I get my mind to start to think about these things? I can't unless I'm born again. My mind has to be born again. I can't conform to the world. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And when that happens, all of a sudden, church, can you imagine a unified force? We would truly be a church, a force to be reckoned with. The devil would shake in his boots. Oh, oh, here comes that person from Central. Here comes that person from that other church, the other people uniting and, and, and gathering together with us. Uh, I'm going to quit talking, and I want you right now, those of you who want the power of God, you want to move from the natural to the supernatural. Maybe you've had little speckles of it. You've had little spots of it. But you're saying, I want more. I want more. I want more. If you're not saved in here today, you come on up here, and, and, and God will just start to work that in you as well, all right? These people will lead you in that. Come on. I, I'm just saying, how hungry are we, church?